Hi, I'm Kevin Schatzkamer, and yes, I do firmly believe that 5G will change the world. Uh, and my reasoning and my thinking behind this is that while well, through all of the other generational transitions uh, from a technology perspective uh, in the cellular ecosystem, this is the first time that we are foundationally changing the underlying architecture upon which that technology is built. And it is that architecture that will be the key enabler to new set of experiences, use case, and opportunities that the industry is going to be able to exploit in new ways. Hi, I'm Sean Kinney, and welcome to Will 5G Change the World, the weekly podcast where we engage with a wide variety of industry experts to answer that important question. And Kevin, before we get into 5G, we have a recurring segment where I pose three questions from the Proust questionnaire in an effort to get to know our guests a little bit better. Are you ready for those? I sure am. All right. Question number one, what is your current state of mind? I would say content. I think that there's a lot of excitement and what's happening on a day-to-day -day basis from uh, both the fact that my family is home on a regular basis, as well as what's happening from a career perspective. And I think that's balanced with the natural fears and some of the concerns that are happening on a more global basis. Uh, not just at work, but from a personal perspective and, and trying to ensure that safety and security and, and thinking about worldly problems is top of mind. Question number two, Kevin, who is your favorite hero of fiction? Oh, man. I would say Indiana Jones, right? Partially because Harrison Ford is, is pretty incredible and, and the movies are, are certainly entertaining, but more specifically, I think it's, uh, it's the character journeys that he constantly goes through uh, of trying to decipher and figure out some of the more complex worldly problems or worldly conundrums. Uh, I think it relates very well to, uh, to what I do on a regular basis, both trying to figure out how to, uh, how to solve the complexity of family and personal life, as well as the complexity of day-to-day -day job. Brilliant screenwriting job by Lawrence Kasdan. And uh, question number three, Kevin, who are your heroes in real life? So uh, certainly my wife, uh, not just because I have to say that, but because uh, I've had attempts to try to, uh, to do her job and her job is considerably harder than mine, right? And that is a combination of, of working during the day, raising a family and ensuring that um, all of the pieces and constructs of what everyone in the family needs to be successful uh, is done. So um, again, I want to say that and feel that way, honestly, not just a have to because she's my wife. Uh, I would say that um, my grandfather, right, who, uh, who passed away a number of years ago, but has lived through some of the more trying times uh, uh, and trying generations in history in terms of World War II and all of the changes and challenges that happened across Europe during that time, uh, came to the United States in, uh, in a, a time with nothing uh, and has built the foundation for my family and, and generations of our family to be successful uh, uh, in the United States has been a fantastic accomplishment. So Kevin, you mentioned in uh, your first response to the, the Prowse question that you feel a, a sense of professional contentment and uh, engagement given the, the dynamic nature of, of what you do professionally. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about at the beginning of our conversation here. 
So I'm going to quote this from your, your LinkedIn bio. You're responsible for strategy and solution at the intersection points of network infrastructure technologies, cloud, data analytics, and AI, virtualization platforms, and software programmability. So how do you simultaneously monitor the, the intricacy and nuance of each one of those things while also maintaining a focus on the big picture view of how it all fits together? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think foundationally, first and foremost, it is uh, building the right team. It is empowering that team to take ownership in areas where they need to be uh, able to lead because your ability to scale and focus on all of these different areas, to your point, is challenging. Uh, thirdly, um, ensuring that there's the right accountability in place within that team so that they understand what needs to be done and how they will be measured against success. Uh, and then fourthly, at my level, is, uh, is ensuring that I have the right level of visibility both into the details of where I need to help to move the ball forward, but also um, uh, at the more abstract level to ensure that um, all of the pieces and levers are moving in a synchronous model and, uh, uh, and engaging only where I need to. to. Um, the other thing I would call out is that it is important for me uh, at the industry level to maintain my relevance and to do so is uh, is a play at spending a lot of time understanding industry movement, finding the signals in what is a very noisy industry right now in terms of the various levels of transformations, not just the 5G transformation, but the software-defined transformation, the virtualization transformation, the automation transformation, the landscape from an M&A perspective, as well as some of the things that are happening from a go-to-market and business perspective for our customers. So for me, it's really important to maintain that relevance and to do so, uh, it is a matter of dedicating a combination of some work time as well as personal time to keep at the forefront of some of these trends within the industry, both in terms of gathering information and finding those signals digesting those signals into my own viewpoints and then sharing those viewpoints back out into the industry. Kevin, earlier this year, you and I worked together on a report that was uh, fairly expansive, but among other things, it looked into the role of edge computing in enabling the types of applications that create new 5G service revenues for operators. It's a really important point that I wanted to revisit. So could you maybe tell us at a high level how Dell helps its operator customers capture this edge opportunity and maybe give us an example or examples uh, of that. Uh, what I'm thinking about is uh, what you're doing with Orange Business Services, but I know there's a lot of, lot of specifics that you could call out for us. Yeah, I think, I think when we, the edge is an entire set of conversations with telecom that is probably grounded in three things, right? It's grounded in, in technical right? What are the technical architectures that will materialize both in terms of the infrastructure that needs to be built as well as, uh, uh, as, well as the software stacks that materialize on top of that to build these edge platforms? It is grounded in, the con in an operational conversation about how do I automate and control, monitor, handle telemetry, and ensure that infrastructure is running uh, at a very high level of availability when I don't have direct access and I can't just walk into a data center. But also within that same operational thread is how do I handle the 
logistics of ensuring that capacity, both in terms of platforms as well as cycles, are available when they need to be available in the locations that they need to be available in. And then the third is, uh, is a focus on, on the business model and go-to-market side of how do I need to think about the new sets of services that get enabled from the edge versus the ones that are, are handled from massively scaled centralized data centers? What are the types of use cases that are well suited to take advantage of edge computing? What are the right types of uh, data streaming models and correlation models and AI models and, and other models that need to be put in place in order to monetize the edge in new ways? Uh, and I think across the board, we, we engage in this from a partnership perspective with the telecom operators. You mentioned Orange. We're focused on all three of these vectors with Orange. So we're focused on developing edge platforms in partnership with Orange on, on the network side. We're focused on next generation sets of business models and use cases uh, with Orange business services, including things like the universal CPE. We've recently made some announcements in partnership with South Korea Telecom, SKT, for the delivery of multi-access edge computing offerings built on top of Dell platforms, where we partner in terms of working on 5G, uh, 5G plus edge computing use cases. Uh, we've made announcements with British Telecom on the universal CPE side. We've made announcements with AT&T on furthering the operational aspects of edge computing in areas like airship and cloud native telecom task force. So it's really important for us not to work in this, uh, in this area uh, as an independent entity, but to partner with the industry to try to move the entire industry forward. So we collaborate with very particular entities where we have a joint alignment of where we believe we have a similar view of a problem statement. And we share that back out with the industry to try to move the entire industry forward. So as Dell engages with their operator customers and those operators bring these 5G enabled solutions into various industries that are, you know, going through whatever their own digital transformation journey may be. How do you think about the cumulative long-term effect, Kevin? I guess, uh, how do we, how do we answer the question, will 5G change the world in a way that considers real world information like uh, productivity, like GDP? Uh, it seems like such a, something that's hard to notice as it happens, but I assume we'll eventually, 10 years from now, look around and our world will be very, very different. So I'm just curious how you think about that long term. I think you're exactly right. I think the same happened actually with cloud, right? You know, 15 years ago, we talked quite a bit about cloud. It was a nebulous concept, but no one today questions whether cloud changed the world, right? Certainly right now in the times that we're in, the fact that there's an increasing percentage of people that are working from home that don't have direct access to enterprise services. And a lot of those workloads, applications and data are moving into public cloud. And the public cloud is playing a key role in enabling collaboration and video conferencing and, and all of the other means to stay engaged socially and professionally. Uh, I don't think that there's anyone sitting back now and saying, did cloud change the world? Uh, and I think it's, it's the fact that it's not a standalone technology anymore, but a foundational horizontal for how business is operated, that I think we'll see uh, that's how we will measure the success of 5G several years down the road. It is not a look back, it is not a look into the future today and saying, 
hey, 5G is going to materialize into uh, remote surgery in an autonomous, autonomously driven ambulance uh, 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 is going to be the path forward. It's going to be the way 5G gets interwoven into today's sets of services, the way those services will be transformed and enabled in new ways because of 5G and create new value propositions, but also the appearance of new services that we can't think of today. And, and when that happens, I think we can look back and say, it's been successful because 5G is a horizontal underlay, a horizontal component, an integral component of all services or the majority of services that exist within market. But we'll still have the cool stuff like robot doctors and autonomous vehicles, right? Of course we will. Advertising inquiries, contact Danny Miller at dmiller at ardenmedia.com. The show today was produced and edited by me, Sean Kenny. Thanks for listening. <laughs>